Welcome to the Average Joe Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, episode 24, Jordan Pressinger. Jordan Pressinger is a BJJ black belt and MMA fighter out of Ontario, Canada. Jordan is also the owner and head instructor at Limitless Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing and hosts a very popular YouTube channel, Jordan Teaches Jiu-Jitsu. Jordan, thanks for coming on the podcast today and speaking with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I actually found you on YouTube by by coincidence or accident, uh, your video of 20 rolling tips for both gi and no gi BJJ popped up and I watched it and I was instantly hooked. I was yeah, like, wow, yeah. this is good shit. So yeah, yeah, there was, I started taking notes on it and writing stuff down and, and maybe we can get into some of those tips later on in the interview, but, uh, sure. but I just wanted to, I guess I just wanted to start at the beginning. I was wondering if you could tell us about yourself and how you got started in martial arts. Yeah, like, um, basically, I just like watched UFC. And I thought, okay, I thought I knew jujitsu from watching it. And I was wrong. <laughs> but so uh, yeah, I try, I, uh, there's only uh, a jujitsu gym in town, there was no, M- no MMA. So I originally wanted to do MMA. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just like love jujitsu uh, mm-hmm. after starting it. And then just, you know, been doing it ever since really. Cool. Uh, and you started your own academy at Blue Belt. What was that experience like? Um, yeah, there was like, you know, pros and cons and mm-hmm. challenges. So basically, mm-hmm. basically like I was going to a CrossFit gym and they, uh, they asked me if I wanted to start a grappling program there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've already always wanted to start my own gym. I thought, well, it's a little early, you know, than I expected to, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to turn down the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it went really well. I got like, you know, some criticism from like, you know, people in the community and the martial arts community and jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I knew I could teach jiu-jitsu really good and I was just about to get my purple belt too. Um, mm-hmm. so I felt like, you know, why not just like a little grappling program, but then it turned mm-hmm. out from like a little grappling program to like, you know, we outgrew the space pretty quickly. I had to get our own spot and just like flourish to just, you know, it did so well, right, right off the bat. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really glad I did it. And now I have all these like, you know, upper belts to roll with and, you know, no regrets. So mm-hmm. yeah, it worked out really good for me. Nice. Nice. Who'd you get, to, who'd you get your belts through when you were doing your own class? Um, so yeah, like I, I left my instructor when I was uh-huh. like, right after, basically right after I got my purple belt, uh-huh. um, just like due to like, um, just some affiliation, like disagreements and stuff like uh-huh. that. So uh-huh. then I, uh, affiliated with Steve Burgess and Dan Guimet from uh, evolution jujitsu uh-huh. and, and I got my belts from them and trained with them and, uh-huh. you know, but basically like for, as a, like a day-to-day instructor, I haven't had one like since I was like. The, at the end of blue belt so i've been mm-hmm. on my own like since then which is wow. basically like you know 60 percent of my jiu-jitsu career it's like six years so right wow so so what are, what are your recommendations to get the most of that self-learning i mean how did you how did you structure it did you just start watching a bunch of video and reading a bunch of books and just experimenting well that's what i've done like since like day one so <laughs> day one i was watching i was like reading jiu-jitsu university every single day it's like a, mm-hmm. a book it's it's a, like the bible of jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. and always and always watching like uh instructionals and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i've always been like a self-learner and um yeah like and i was on my own but I, I i was already like a high level competitor like you know winning absolute divisions and stuff like that wow. So I knew, I knew, uh, you know, what I was doing mm-hmm. and then just like perfecting the technique from like trial and error. And, um, you know, if I just say like, there was like something I'd want to teach, but I didn't know it like as well as I could have, well, I'd watch like so many videos on YouTube and instructionals and get everyone's perspective of it on it. And then I would start trying it out at the gym. 
Um, and then I would teach it. And then once I've taught it, well, now I have like a better understanding of it. And now I really start using it. So my just has always been in phases. So like, you know, mm. I'll like do like be like really big on guillotines for like two months. And then, you know, I kind of move on from that and then go like Kimura trap, like for like four mm. months or something. So it's mm. always like, I think I've always like specialized in one thing. And then once I've moved on now, it's just like a, a added component of my game rather than a specialization. So I think that's the good way to get better too. Nice. Yeah. That's actually interesting because I actually do a lot of the same things. And I think there's a lot of times where I think, God, I should be better than I am, or how do I get better or quicker or et cetera. Um, I guess it's a mental thing. I would think, I mean, is it partly confidence involved with all that? Not just the knowledge, but the confidence. I mean, you're, you're a very confident person. I mean, I remember hearing how you said before you even started, you just like, I'm going to be a world champion. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, confidence goes like confidence is the most important thing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I've always been confident in everything I've done just because I just think like, you know, if other people can do it, why can't I? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've always approached like self-learning as like, you know, if I want to learn like math, you know, you can learn from like a a professor or a teacher, or you can open the textbook. So like, it's very similar for like jujitsu. There's so much content out there to to learn how to get better. You definitely need to have like some base, but like Mm -hmm. you can learn and become very high level just from learning online. So Mm -hmm. you have to have that confidence and confidence when you're rolling too, because, Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like if I mess up a technique, it's no big deal because I have confidence that I can, you know, get out of this bad position now. So I can, I always right. have so much confidence to try anything I wanted to. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I, I agree with that. I mean, I've always said that like instructors are, 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 are good for, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they can inspire you and push you in a certain direction. But I think ultimately, you know, to get good at anything, especially something like jujitsu, you have to do a lot of self-study and you have to like take it upon yourself to like learn the material and learn how to make it work for you. Um, yeah. and, and one thing I really like about the way you teach is you're very conceptual as opposed to techniques. You're like, you're, that's a lot of how my jujitsu is. Like I try to keep it in boxes of certain things I do. I don't, I don't believe in learning a thousand million techniques. Um, cause I don't think you can, I don't think you can get that good at all those things. So I'd like to, you know, keep it in a smaller box and get better at the conceptual part of how to apply those techniques. Um, so that's something I really think you do very well. Yeah. Thank you. I think a lot of it just comes from like really paying attention to like what I'm doing, like Mm -hmm. while I'm rolling. And Mm -hmm. because I think one thing that happens is like instructors, like they often teach techniques the exact way they learned it. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the confidence to really show what they do because maybe they don't understand what they do, but they, they remember how they were taught it. Mm -hmm. But when you really truly understand, um, you know, the technique itself, then like, and, and everything behind jujitsu, then it's like so much easier to, um, yeah to convey the concepts and mm-hmm. concepts are just so important in jiu-jitsu. Like, like mm-hmm. you said, like, yeah, way more important than knowing like a thousand techniques. Yeah. 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 You're uh, what are your, I'm sorry. Got cut. I knocked myself off because I got a head on myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as you actually said the one time you said concepts, concepts are warm, way more important than individual techniques. And yeah, I said, I agreed, et cetera. So yeah, that's the concepts are like, how do I say it? The idea of conceptual training, I think in itself is, is, can be difficult to, to, to grasp. Um, I mean, it's like, you, you see people teach like, like Dan Hart teaches conceptually, you know, but he's also teaching techniques, but he teaches a lot of tricks along with the techniques, just like you do, like, like how to apply them better. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a gray area. I think, I, I think that you should have, like you said, a strong foundation in the basics and be able to apply the concepts to the basics to make them work like posture uh, you know, structure, base, et cetera. Um, yeah. and you do a good job of that. And I'm, and I'm talking more about you than I am about letting you answer the questions, which is not good of me, but 
Uh, I just wanted to, you know, I think people should check out Jordan's YouTube channel. It's it's really good. Jordan teaches jujitsu. It's it's an easy title to remember. There's no way you can't remember that off the top of your head. Go check it out. So, Jordan, what are your views on competition? Because I know you've competed in the past, but I don't think you've always been like, 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 what's a good way to say it? You know, like the average competitor, like where you really enjoy doing it. Is that, is that an accurate statement? Yeah. So like, I've always just competed just because I was good at jujitsu, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I never enjoyed it whatsoever because mm-hmm. um, I find it extremely stressful mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just like not something I want to, like, I don't know, especially now that I'm a little older, like in my thirties, like 31. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I want to spend my Saturdays relaxing. I don't want to like compete because I competed for so long. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like competition doesn't really interest me, but like, you know, I competed so much back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's how I got uh, good pretty quickly because, you know, you're forced to really see like your mistakes. And, um, you know, if you don't, I hate losing. So if I don't want to lose, I got to figure out, you know, how to beat these people, what I'm doing wrong. So, right. yeah, I think it can be really good in the development for people, but mm-hmm. it's also not such a necessity. Someone has to do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want to, you, you know, you can just do just for fun, which is, you know, right. the most important thing. Right. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the same way. I mean, I competed a lot as a white and blue belt and then the pandemic hit, uh, well, I got my purple belt first and then the pandemic hit and, and I'm a little older, so it's like hard, harder for me to get brackets. And so I didn't compete after blue, but when I got my purple, but I didn't compete at all for like the first year. Um, and then I finally got where we got to, where I could get a bracket and then the pandemic hit and the tournament got canceled and because of the shutdowns and then that was it. But, but up until then, it's like, I had, I had a mixed bag of feelings about competition. I went through periods where I absolutely hated it. And I went through periods where I was okay with it. And then I would go back to like, not really liking it too much. Um, I, I, I mean, it's always fun when you win, you know, and it's never fun when you lose, but, but I had a couple of experiences, uh, like, like one time making weight, like didn't make weight. And I had to run around. I had to like literally do laps for 45 minutes to get my weight down. And then I finally made weight. And I went into my first match, like minutes after that and got belly down arm barred, which pissed me off. And then I won my next match by triangle. So again, where I'm back at a, point that, that that was frustrating for me because it was just like man what if i had not had to run around and i could have done better in the first match maybe would have got a gold like i never got a gold medal i that that monkey's still on my back i could never get a gold medal in, in competition i got silvers and bronzes but never golds um but i was thinking this year i was like you know i really want to to give myself more exposure but i'm not so sure i want to go compete as much because especially because we're so winding out from this pandemic and everything um and also because of the bracket issue and all that. But have you ever tried uh, like like going to other other gyms for like open mats and just training that way for a while, just get exposure to other people? Oh yeah, like that's what I did for like so long, from like white belt to purple belt. Like mm-hmm. always going to other gyms to roll, and mm-hmm. um, I always found that really fun. Or anytime mm-hmm. I go to travel, I always mm-hmm. go to uh, the nearest gym. That's mm-hmm. my favorite part about traveling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I that's i really love like training at other gyms and meeting mm-hmm. everyone and that's mm-hmm. something i really enjoy but mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a more fun way of like ex- rolling with different people than competition right. is because right. for me competition like it's not even fun if i win it's mm-hmm. only like it's a relief it's like okay exactly that's a good way yeah. to say it yeah yeah it's like thank god that's over thank yeah. god i won but yeah. like do i get any happiness from that mm-hmm. not really so it's mm-hmm. like yeah, I, I'd rather just roll people and because that's what I think is fun in jiu-jitsu for me. Yeah, that's I'm the same way. Cause like it was even like 
like you said, it's like a relief. It's like you got done and you're like, God, thank God that's over, you know? But then yeah. I never felt like I was like, I had a mo- one or two where I was like, yeah, I want to go do one again. But then as soon as you're actually committed to doing it, then all those nerves come back and all the old yeah. feelings come back. And you're like, man, this just isn't fun anymore. You know, it's like, and that's the thing for me. It's like, jujitsu is a ton of fun for me, but I don't like the added competition anxiety and stuff that makes it like no fun. Exactly. Um, I don't and it was, that. it was the same thing for MMA for me. It's like, mm-hmm you know, you think it might be fun, like, you know, winning an MMA fight, but mm. it's just like, my expectation is to win. So right. once I've won, it's just, there's that relief. And yeah, if, if, if I didn't expect myself to win, then maybe it'd be more fun, but it's like, mm. you know, for me, I'm so competitive. It's like, I have to win. That's it. Mm. So mm. yeah. yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm very competitive too. It's like, if I don't win, I get pissed. You know, I'm not like, exactly. I'm like not like throwing a tantrum or nothing, just like just disappointed in myself and I'll beat myself up a little bit internally. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. I think sometimes yeah. people think that they might think of that as like bad sportsmanship mm-hmm. or like bad mentality, but mm-hmm. I don't think of it whatsoever. As long as you're not like a douche to your, you know, right. Competitors, exactly. but like, yeah. you know, everyone wants to win in everything in life. You don't got to hide that you want to win really bad. So yeah, I think that people, it should be more right. accepted to say that. Right. You no, know, it's absolutely true. I mean, I would just, you know, like I said, I never throw a tantrum or be an idiot, but I would, I would definitely not be happy with myself if I lost. It used to, it would really annoy me. And I'm still like that, even with rolling. It's like, you know, if I'm rolling with somebody, you know, that's like, you know, like your, your gym friend of me and, yeah. you know, it's not, and I get, they get the better of me and it just annoys me and I don't like it, you know, or if I'm trying to get better with some certain person that usually rolls me up and I'm trying to like just improve and gauge that by my improvement, uh, that'll, that'll annoy me too. Um, yeah. I think it's hard. It, I think it's hard. Isn't it hard? Like people say like, oh, don't let it, it shouldn't bother you if you get, to, come on. It bothers everybody exactly. if you get tapped. I mean, you know, I it's mean, human nature. I think, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. normal. It's yeah. the way humans are. Right. But you did, you have had two MMA fights and you won them both by submission. Uh, I've had five. I've had five. five. MMA fights. five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I won them all by submission. Nice. That's even way more impressive. Yeah. So thanks. What, what was your, what's the highest uh, submission? Which submission did you use to, to get the most wins? Um, I got, I got three rear naked chokes and two nice. arm bars. So nice. yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy about them. Awesome. When's uh, your last fight was in, it was in November 17th, 2018. Was it the last one? Yeah. So quite a yeah. while ago. Yeah. 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 And you've had, you would have had, you've had twins. You and Nikki have had twins since then. Yeah. Which is like a big reason for, you know, <laughs> not pursuing. Cause I was, I was after my last fight, I was going to get ready to go pro and everything. I thought mm-hmm. I would be able to do it while, you know, having newborn twins. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that because, <laughs> you know, as soon as we had it, I realized, yeah, there's no way I can train for professional uh, fight mm-hmm. and, you know, do this because, you know, okay. it's very stressful, very tiring, very energy uh, consuming. So mm-hmm. that really like was a big dent in my planned career because mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, I, I thought I was going to do, I thought I was going to go to the UFC and all this stuff. And like, but it just like, was just this, yeah, out of nowhere. Cause we didn't really plan them either. Especially mm-hmm. didn't plan to have twins. So um, yeah, right in my athletic prime, mm-hmm. we're like surprised with this, right. but it's no big deal. I'm actually really glad that I didn't pursue uh, professional MMA for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. Mm-hmm. And w- one of the main one being like, I'm just so afraid of getting brain damage. So right. Like, Right. Yeah, I don't, I just like, I, I much, and I don't like competing anyway. So I, mm-hmm. I, I love what I do now. just teaching jujitsu. I don't kind of worry mm-hmm. about my brain and it's right. like, right. but I can still get that uh, level of success and uh, notoriety that, mm-hmm. that I was looking for through professional MMA. Right. And if you wanted to, you could still do it through jujitsu too. I mean, there's like, you know, exactly. no gi jujitsu is on a rise now to like turn into something like you can actually make some money at it. So, uh, you know, you always have that option and you're extremely talented. So I, 
think you'd yeah, thank really you well at it. Yeah. I think I'll start getting offers pretty soon. Like I got, I just got this feeling like I'll get like an offer from like fight to win or mm-hmm. uh, these other kind of organizations right. be like, you know, I'll give you this amount of money to uh, go against this person. Right. And then I might be tempted. I'm like, well, I think I can beat them. So mm-hmm. let's do it. So, but I don't know. I don't know what the future holds right now. No, we'll see. But I, I mean, I would love to see you in a fight to win. That'd be, that'd be uh, fun to see. So yeah, for sure. Are you, are you guys back open over there? Or are you still locked down, shut down? Uh, we're locked down for like, I think another, another week or so. And then yeah. we're allowed to open at 50% capacity. No, cool. So it, it could be worse. Like it's not the end yeah. of the world. Like for me, just because I have like, you know, YouTube and everything, like, you mm. know, still paying the bills and mm. there's government subsidies it definitely sucks. Like Canada is very hardcore about their COVID restrictions mm. and uh, it's frustrating, but you know, it doesn't get me down too much. Like I know mm. that nothing crappy lasts forever. Like it's going to be over eventually. Yeah. They're actually saying that this is like this Omicron is supposed to be like the beginning of the end of it, you know, where exactly. it's becoming, becoming highly contagious and much less severe. So, I mean, that's exactly. what, I guess that's what most coronaviruses do. They don't want to kill off their hosts. So they eventually, you know, move to that state where, you know, they're not going to, they're much less severe, but just much more, you know, contagious. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this is in fact, the beginning of the end of it. Maybe this is the last year and, you know, and then we'll be back to more normal life. We're, we're pretty normal where I am. It's pretty, pretty normal. Um, we're having a bit of a spike around here. Cause I think, cause you know, I think it's mainly because the schools went back in the session and never, you know, never went back to remote uh, online teaching again. So we've had a lot more um, cases after the holidays, but but I think that's the primary reason. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've watched a ton of your videos. And as you've seen from some of the comments I put on your channel. And I, I remember one, though. I saw one about the one you did with, with the role uh, for Bitcoin and TriStar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you said, I'm going to quote you. You said, I don't have the best cardio, but I do have an iron will to keep going, even when I'm dying from exhaustion. I don't know. I didn't always though. And to be honest, there were times uh, competing as a blue belt where I had, or was so exhausted that I had just had to quit. I had to hold my head in shame. Uh, with time and experience, I developed a mental fortitude. Can you explain how you developed that? I mean, what did you do to, or, or where are you at now? How did, what was the difference? What was the uh, uh, journey you took to, to get to that point? Um, I don't think there was like a specific like instance, but just like going through just everything in my like jujitsu journey, it's just, it's been such a journey. And um, yeah, I think that's like, the perfect word really for like my circumstance it's been mm-hmm. such a journey and um yeah just like you know that tr- that match at tristar really showed me that like because like my mind wanted to quit so bad because like i i was so exhausted like i've never been that exhausted before mm-hmm. but i just kept like holding out a little more holding out a little more mm-hmm. and then i just real yeah it's that really showed me that like you know it's really mind over matter because right. yeah it, like previously i'd like you know blue belt especially i Mm -hmm. had been extremely exhausted but um you know and then just like kind of gave up the arm bar because i just couldn't go anymore but Mm -hmm. um if i would have held out a little longer you know just keep trying to hold out longer 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 Mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't have i wouldn't have like felt like a quitter so yeah like a lot of like uh, that's what's great about jujitsu it's like you you can learn so much you can take you know another aspects of your life and really grow as a person Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think that even the, the whole, uh, like I used to, when I was younger, in my twenties, whatever, I would quit stuff if I got annoyed with it. I would just, yeah. you know, quit stuff, not everything, but a lot of stuff. And now I'm at, I think after doing eight years of jujitsu, I've really developed a more of a, I don't, I won't quit anything type of attitude, even if something's annoying me, whether it's, you know, my, my drawing progress, my jujitsu progress, my podcast, my whatever, you know, work, um, 
you know, family issue, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't quit anything. Now it's, it's pretty cool in that regard that even if stuff really annoys me, I just, I just keep going through it. Um, and yeah. I think I absolutely, I absolutely think I got that from jujitsu. Uh, sure. um, so in one of the physical ways of doing this, I mean, I'm thinking, did you, was breathing part of the issue? Cause you said you got exhausted and you learned how to, you know, get past that or was it all mental? Um, yeah, just like mental, I guess. And, you know, the problem was for a long time, I didn't really prepare uh, correctly to, mm. to compete. Like I mm. just, just rolled a lot and that's mm. not, and now that I, uh, now I'm like smarter when mm. it comes to like uh, physical preparation, like mm. I understand that stuff a lot more. Mm. So like I could have like, you know, not had that issue at blue belt. If I would have like, you know, taken my strength and conditioning more serious. And now I do Well, mm. now I, like, I don't now because I'm not competing. Now mm. I just try to stay in like relatively good shape. Mm. But like, if I, if I were to uh, start competing, like getting ready for an MMA fight or just mm. match, mm. I would, I would know what to do to make sure I don't uh, gas out. But mm. I think just like certain people just don't have great like lung capacity too. And, and mm. like, especially when like they like are decently like, you know, muscled and um, you know, so yeah, there's like, you know, there's like fast twitch like type people and slow mm -hmm. twitch type people. It's just like the fact that matters if you're fast twitch, you are probably not going to last like a, as long, as long, like as someone with like a slow, slow twitch yeah. so there's pros and cons of all body types. And yeah, I think that's one problem I've always had been like very fast twitch and, mm -hmm. and very like, uh, just trying to win so quick, so fast. I just say, like, go for it. I got to pace mm -hmm. myself a little better. Right. Do you, do you ever feel like, like you gas more wearing a gi than in no gi? um yeah probably more in gi for sure yeah, yeah and i like no gi better in general just like i love the gi but yeah. yeah i just i just love the quickness of no gi and just like all the attacks available mm -hmm. at guillotines and stuff mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i'm a big no gi fan yeah i am too i and i you know for the first you know my my first academy i didn't do that much no gi just because of the schedule and my work schedule and everything i just hardly ever got a chance to do it but my current academy it's more no gi than anything else so i only do like gi like once or twice a week now but in the, all the other days are no gi. And I really, I really like it, but I do notice that I gas out quicker or I feel it feels harder in gi now. I'm like, I really noticed the difference now. Absolutely. Like I, even yesterday I was doing gi and I was like, God damn, I just get tired. It's so hard. Yeah. Well, I think for a couple of reasons, one, it's like hotter and like two, mm -hmm. it's just like so much grabbing, so much like mm -hmm. tension the whole time mm -hmm. as opposed to no key, It's like way more flowy. So right. I think, I think that contributes a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. I call gi like, what do I call it? Crawling through mud, swimming through mud. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it feels. And yeah. it's funny. Sometimes people ask me, they're like, oh, is it harder rolling with like a really big dude um, in gi or no gi? They always assume that it's harder in, um, that's harder in, 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 in no, no gi. gi. But no, yeah. it's like the way easier in no gi, yeah. you can move a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I remember it was funny, like, uh, so I did some of those big guy rolls with like, and they were in the gi, like, mm -hmm. and I had some comments like, "Oh, do it in no gi and see how it goes." I'm mm -hmm. like, "It'll go better for me in no gi, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, It'll be like, easier." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. The comments. I haven't got a hater comment yet, but I know I always look at it like the day I get a hater comment is like I know I'm successful. I know that something good has happened. When you start getting haters, it's like when people are paying attention and they're you know they're trying to bring you down is because they're jealous. I love it. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Never let those guys get to you, man. You're a, you're a, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, okay. With that said, do you actually prefer Nogi? You just said that, didn't you? Yeah. So you actually yeah. prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I like it. I like it better. Um, uh, what do you feel like one, like, like one sort of compliments the other, or there's something in that realm of it that you can get more out of it. What I, what I mean is like, I, I heard this theory years ago and I prescribed it over long and it made sense to me is that you, the no gi teaches you better 
uh, submission because it's slippery and you have to have better control where the gi teaches you better escapes because of the friction and the control. Yeah, that's like very it? true. That's yeah. very true. I mean, in gi, you can't rely on, you know, these like uh, escapes that in no gi where you can slide out of things. So right. I think that uh, that definitely changes it a lot. I think mm -hmm. like, like in my opinion, people, everyone should train both. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to get better because mm -hmm. um, you really like, yeah, you learn from, from the different aspects of both and you can, you know, yeah, you, you really have a complete game that way. But, right. you know, there's also guys that only do, only do no gi or only do gi that are really good. So mm -hmm. they're not wrong whatsoever. It's like great. Right. It's working for them, but the average person, I would say like, yeah, do both and you're going to get better at jiu-jitsu for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you have, do you have a different gi for no gi and for gi or do you do basically the same thing for both? Um, I got the, I got a, yeah i just say i have a pretty different game like depending on mm. if it's gear or no gi like mm. you know if it's gi I'm, I'm doing way less front headlocks like way less guillotines and stuff mm. like that mm. and um yeah so it, it changes a lot if it's gear or no gi mm. in some senses but you know my overall like style doesn't change too much i still want to take people's backs right. and um you know like that's my main goal like i don't know if people realize watching the channel it's mm. like like i'm like so much more of a back taker than i mm -hmm. am like you know, like, like submitting for mount mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. like that and yeah it's like i just love the back so yeah and like yeah my game plan doesn't change too much like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't it's hard it's, it, it's I, I understand like what you're saying because i'm the same way I, I like to take the back too i think always think like and you've done both i could even ask you this question like the theory of that uh the 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 ultimate position in brazilian jiu-jitsu is back control whereas in mma it's mount yeah well in, in mount, yeah it's like hard to say mma i i would still say the back is better okay like in my opinion and i just think that the best way to think of why the back is is so much better than any mm -hmm. other position is mm -hmm. thinking about like to say if you were like do a boxing match against like, mm -hmm. mike tyson in his prime mm -hmm. like if you could fight him with his back turned to you and mm -hmm. you're looking towards him mm -hmm. I, i'd probably take that fight because if, yeah you know he can't hit you. Right? right. So it's the same thing in uh, grappling. If you mm -hmm. take someone's back and they're facing away from you, mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard for them to attack you. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the back is just the, it's the best position. Just the best. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to change yeah. my opinion then. All right. Or, or I'm going to change this statement. Or I won't ask that dumb question anymore. <laughs> so I know, I mean, it's like, but I, I agree. I think the back is it. I mean, you can strangle from there. You can do, you know, joint submissions from there, you know, switch off to arm bars. There's just everything. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, you can go yeah. like a, your rear triangles and then you have other submissions from that position. It's just, it's a really good position to be in. So many, so yeah. many good techniques you can do and people and MMA too, people like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's underutilized, like uh, strikes you can do from the back. You mm -hmm. can throw elbows, you can do like heel strikes. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. man, I, when I, when I spar MMA, I love throwing, uh, taking people's backs and throwing mm -hmm. uh, like heel kicks to their body. Mm -hmm. and I'm never expecting them. I, and mm -hmm. I rarely see them in, uh, in MMA, like mm -hmm. professional MMA, mm -hmm. but they could really like screw someone up pretty good. So yeah, there's a lot of attacks for sure. Oh, is it, is it the same type of a heel kick that Hoist used to do from Close Guard back in the old yeah, yeah, DOCs? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to like watch that. I was looking up, thinking about that. God, it was probably like a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking about because I remember actually watching that when it first came on, you know, because I was old enough to have just seen the first one, like when it was actually on TV. And I saw that. I was like, oh, holy crap, who is this guy? You know, what is this? Um, but I remember him doing that heel kicking kid, you know, like kidney kicks uh, after the uh, one after the other and dropping like downward elbows on people's clavicles and their traps. And I was like, see, there's all kinds of stuff you can do to somebody from that position. It's pretty good. Exactly. And what I like about Hoyce Gracie's style, he was like always going for, he was always attacking the whole time, which is mm -hmm. like what I do too. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, you can never give someone, you got to, you got to win every second of every round, in my opinion. So it's right. like, you got to be constantly attacking and like constantly mm -hmm. winning. So mm -hmm. yeah, you have someone's back and just hold mm -hmm. on to it. Mm -hmm. Like, 
make them feel threatened the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 His, his, his views on, I talked to him for 30 minutes one day. He actually showed up at my gym. Just, I was just watching the class and cause uh, he had, he was related to somebody who was in the class and he just came by. I didn't know who, I didn't recognize him at first. He was just sitting there mm-hmm. watching it and we're, he's going through, we're going through class and then we're like, okay, let's take a picture afterwards. And then he got up to come take the picture with us. And then I recognized him and I was like, Oh shit. So yeah, I took a, cool. you know, I got a picture with him. It's on my Instagram. And then I talked to him, he and a friend of mine talked to him for like 30 minutes, the three of us afterwards. And he's, he's got some really cool uh, uh, opinions on martial arts, but like, but old school, I mean, he's like, you know, he's intense about it. It's, it was really cool to listen to because it was like, not this, um, you know, the, the light, you know, competitive, nice guy type thing you hear a lot of in BJJ. It was totally like, like, uh, knocked down, like, uh, old school, like, uh, intense views on, on martial arts. It was something yeah. else. I don't, I don't want to like quote him or anything because, you know, I don't want put, to put it, put that out there, but yeah, he was, uh, it was, it was an interesting conversation. Um, so you just filmed an instructional with BJJ fanatics called Jordan teaches bottom half car Jordan Pressinger. I actually bought that instructional last week. I've gone through it three you. times already. Started taking notes on it. It's a really good instructional. It's it's a uh, it, it's systemized. Uh, you know, it basically goes from point A to point Z uh, through a whole a whole uh, bottom half guard game that's easily digestible and uh, be able to use. I've used a little bit of it so far. Where you know I started implementing some of the like the John Wayne sweep and the uh, and the uh, shallow sweep. Um, and actually the way you do the shallow suit is a little different than what I learned before. I actually like it. It's actually just easier to do. We're just, yeah. just doing a back roll instead of having to like get them up on your knees and float them and all that. Yeah. Right. Um, so much easier. Yeah. That way. It is so easier. It was like ridiculous. I really sucked at doing the other way, like trying to float people. I, I have sober problem yeah. trying to float people. And, um, that made it a lot easier. Um, it, I, what was it like doing that, doing that instructional? I mean, are you going to do more of them or was that exciting to do or? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Like, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was just really cool being there. They treated me so nice. And yeah, they, they were great. And um, but I'm not sure what I want to do going forward, because mm. like, I think I, I it was a good product, but I think mm. I could do it even better if I did it myself, just because. Mm okay they're, they did a great job editing and everything mm-hmm. but like i'm very like a control freak and a perfectionist mm-hmm. so it's like i wish i could have like did it myself and that's what i'm gonna do going uh uh going forward mm-hmm. because i have so many ideas to make like a really good unique instructional that's right. like super comprehensible mm-hmm. uh, uh comprehensive and um yeah so I, I can release it with them or i can do it myself and you know take all all the profits so right. Yeah, I'm not sure what I want to do, but the yeah, the offers there that I can go back anytime. Mm-hmm. So, and which is like tempting too because you know I like I re- I really want to do a role with uh, Bernardo Faria for mm-hmm. the channel, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he said he was down st- to do it. So it's yeah. like hard to turn that down. But uh, yeah, I really want to like I'm not sure if I want to make my own or go to keep doing it with them or not. It's like yeah, you could do both. Stuff. yeah, I could too. The, the problem is, it's like I think when it comes to instructionals, there's only mm-hmm. so many uh, topics you can really do it on. So it's right. like I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't want to run out of topics. So right, like, that's yeah. true. I mean, I if you were to if, if I had suggestions or requests, I would say Kimura a Kimura system or a back control would be awesome to see from you or something on dope or dope mount even. It's funny you say that because um 
yeah, like that's the one I'm going to do is a uh, back control uh, mm. or back attack so, uh, instructional. That's what I'm going to mm. do for my next one. Mm. But I'm also going to do it because I promised everyone a Kimura trap mm. uh, instructional. And mm. people keep asking me about it. Mm. And so I got to do that. But what I'm going to do is, uh, which I think is really cool, I'm going to mm. I'm going to make it an instructional and I'm going to release it for free. So nice. it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like an hour, an hour and a half. And wow. it's going to be uh, including rolling footage and everything mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and the instruction. And I'm just going to give it on YouTube for free. So that's, I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be like, the, I'll be like the first person to actually release one on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And um, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to time at the same time I release my back attack uh, instructional and mm-hmm. be like, you guys like this one? Well, mm-hmm. you can pay for my back attack one. Right. And um, yeah, I think it's like, also shows that I'm not like, cause I don't want people to think I'm like money hungry, like trying mm-hmm. to get money mm-hmm. either. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to release a lot of free content and mm-hmm. cause that's where, that's where I, I want to help the Jiu-Jitsu community. That's where I came from. But it's like, I also want to make, uh, you know, some money cause this takes me a lot of time. Like, you to have to make money. Stuff. I mean, it's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with making money. I mean, it's like, what did the Joker say? If you're good at something, uh, don't do it for free. Right. So, you know, exactly. and I mean, you can give some stuff for free. I mean, I do like as an artist, I'll do some stuff for free for certain people, you know, you know, like even if you can do it for, I've done it for guests on the podcast and I'm still like backlogged, but I'm still going to get those done. And I'm going to talk to you about that as well. But, you know, but I also do commission stuff. So if somebody wants something that's, you know, a specific thing and that's not really in my wheelhouse or it's not something I normally enjoy doing, then yeah, I'll pay, I'll charge them for it, you know, and it's okay to do that as long as you're reasonable or, you know, or, or fair about it. Um, and I've even negotiated with people about costs and prices and I've, I've given them uh, products for less than I normally would, you know, so it, it's, it's making money is okay, but I get what you're saying. And I appreciate it as a consumer that, that you're willing to give away some of it for free. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that when you get your YouTube channel to where you have yours at, you actually do make some, t- some income from YouTube. Is that true? Oh yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, I got like Google AdSense. Plus mm-hmm. I had like my, my Patreon and people mm-hmm. are very nice, you know, mm-hmm. giving me yeah, money yeah. every month. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I got some like uh, video sponsorships. I'm working with like Skillshare. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, they're, um, they're going to sponsor some videos. So yeah, lots of ways to uh, monetize the channel a little more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just, like hard for me. It's not like, cause I get in my head, I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm just like money hungry, but mm-hmm. then I also realized it's like, you can't just turn down money because I'm like, <clears throat> you know, anxious about that. Like, like, right. like I gotta like, you know, make money for my family. So right. yeah, I, I gotta do these things. Yeah. No, nobody can, nobody can fault you for that. That's, that's, you know, that's just people the way it will, is. Though. Oh, they will. They, will. Yeah. they will. I know, I know, I know, but it's just like, you know, training, it's just like going to, to a class. You got to pay your fees. You got to keep the school open, you know, if you can't get the exactly. school open, there's nowhere to train. Right. So, exactly. you know, that's the way I look at it. Um, uh, but like I, well, like I was saying before, I actually did buy your instructional. I, I really did enjoy it. If, if the listeners are looking for a really good instructional on bottom half card, that's easily digestible and is systemized and goes, you know, from this point to that point to that point, if they do this, you do this, et cetera, get Jordan's instructional. It's on BJJ Fanatics um, and it's titled Jordan Teaches Bottom Half Guard by Jordan Pressinger. So easy to find, inexpensive, top quality. It's good to go. You get it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and like I said, I'm I've gone through it three times and I'm doing my notes on it and I'm gonna keep working on it. The one thing you know I, I did have I, I've noticed about myself is I do you when you show the lower uh knee shell position, I do that a lot. I have to like get to get my knee up, I have to really work on putting my toes on the hip. That yeah, is something yeah. new for that was something new for me. The concept of putting the toes on the hip and hooking the, the foot underneath. That, that's a new thing for me. And I and I've got this habit now that I do it the other way. 
And so now I've got to like consciously work on doing that, but I'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really common thing. People, yeah. uh, they like that low knee shield, but yeah. yeah, I just think that the high knee shield is a lot better because it actually stops, you know, th- that's stops from putting their weight on. Right. And I, as, as like a passer, if someone's mm-hmm. a low knee shield on me, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, great. I'm going to, you know, arm weave mm-hmm. past you or do something mm-hmm. else. So yeah, yeah, I think that the high is better. Yeah, it is. And, and I, and I experienced it firsthand yesterday about the, the, the cons of doing the other way. Cause I was grappling with the guy who's, you know, probably 10 years, my, you know, he's 10 years, my, uh, my, uh, younger than me. And he is like 30 pounds heavier and he's like a beast. He's like 200 pounds of like solidness. He's like, he's not going to like chubby or anything. And he, it was really hard keeping him back in my half guard with him. He was really, he was like crushing me. So, and I think that that was part of it is like having it too low instead of higher up in the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. um, I just got to keep working it. Um, any other, well, let's see, let's go over some of the, some of the 20 rolling tips. And I wanted to share this because this was the first video, like I said, that where I, where I, I stumbled across you and I watched this video and I was like, this is great stuff. So, so if you don't mind, we can go through a couple of them. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Okay, I'd love to. Cool. So the first one was sit instead of lay on your guard. And that's, that's pretty cool. So instead of like, so in other words, to get your grips, you know, for the, for the listeners, instead of to get your grips is to actually from a seated position. So you can actually get your lapels or your grips. And then if you want, you can always fall back to a, to a, to, to your back. But in that point, you should still have four points of contact. Correct. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's so it's funny. Like that's something that like, I feel like is never taught like mm-hmm. ever. I never mm-hmm. heard of that being taught. And I just kind of like realized it through like doing private lessons. It's like, how can I make this person's guard better? Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh yeah, if you, and like, what do I do? Like mm-hmm. I, I start on sit up guard and I take my grips. Mm-hmm. So that's really got me thinking. Cause I think sometimes instructors don't always think about what they, what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So they just, yeah, like I said before, just like mm-hmm. do what they were taught. So mm-hmm. I, it's been a lot of just like a lot of these 20 tips are just thinking about what do I do here? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like really good to self-reflect on your, on your rolling and kind of figure out. And yeah, I think that's like one tip that will like instantly change people's games mm-hmm. and stop their guard from getting passed. So really mm-hmm. happy to share that one. No, that one worked. That was a great one. Actually. I never, never, never really thought about it before either until I, until I heard that. Now I do it all the time. Now I'm like always yeah. thinking about that. Or if I, yeah. you know, if I get, if I get pushed on my back, I don't know, four points of contact, I'm always trying to get back to my, to that position so I can get my contact in and get seated again. Um, that actually goes back to one of the other ones. Uh, then you were like, then you said, keep your toes on the mat. So that's important too, for like in side control. So they can't like roll you over too, uh, too easily is actually, so you can drive back in. Is that what you're doing in that point? Yeah, exactly. And like, I should like, I've like paraphrased that a little bit, just in the mm-hmm. sense that like, you can have your toes off the mat. If like, if you're like actively working a submission and they're mm-hmm. not actively trying to escape, mm-hmm. it's more like when they're trying to escape, you really have to keep your toes to like drive into them. Otherwise mm-hmm. you won't be mm-hmm. able to hold on to them, especially in Noki because mm-hmm. you know, Noki is so slippery and they can right. move. So you have to engage your toes. Okay. That makes sense. So that's a good, that's a good uh, secondary way of explaining that. It's good. Uh, and then there was trap your hands to make submissions easier. Now, like this one, there's some, there's some footage of you on the video. You've done this. You did, you came from one of your roles with the bigger guys where you went, uh, I think from side control or North South into an arm bar, but you stepped on the guy's other, other arm before you went to the arm bar to keep him from, from putting his grips together. I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in trying that. That's, that's a, that's, that's, uh, was there something you did to develop that? Like the way you drilled it or something, or did you just start thinking about that all the time? Like, I guess I got to step on this guy. 
um so basically people have like said like like i'm like a monkey from like day one like that <laughs> yeah like my feet are like hands and i've always really liked that people saying that because i've always really loved monkeys which is like why i have like like i have a bunch mm. of monkey tattoos actually so i was gonna yeah, ask you like, that, but yeah 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 so like that's why i've always been really into monkeys and mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't think i ever like uh deliberately thought to like you know start using my feet more it's just mm-hmm. like it just seemed like obvious to me like um you know to block someone's you know grips like use what your tools and your tools mm-hmm. are also your feet so mm-hmm. you know it makes such a huge difference in um in rolling to be able to use your feet and like all all like the higher level guys like they might not realize it or anyone else might not but they use their feet so much to um yeah to block these grips so mm-hmm. you know yeah i would say to everyone just like do their best to start trying to do that, that kind of stuff and have a lot of success okay cool have you have you ever tried to do that from like north south kimura position because like it's like every time it was like nine times out of ten you get the north south kimura it's like really hard to finish that position i always had to go to a secondary usually um, yeah so that's a good question and i think just in general the north south type kimura is like hard to, it's hard to get mm-hmm. like you need to be pretty strong and um, I don't like saying that for a lot of techniques because um, I don't really believe always that strength matters so much, mm-hmm. but I think that is a good example of like having to be strong to finish from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. If you can like, you know, what I like to do from there is to, it's like to block the hand. So like so they can't connect their grips. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, gra- I'll grab like this and then now we don't have access to their fingers. So instead of using my feet, I'll just yeah, I'll block their, their hand like that. Mm-hmm. And um, cause you can't let people grip. If you, they grip, it makes it so much harder to do anything. Right. Which, yeah. yeah. Which is all well, about my grip fighting videos about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The grip fighting one's good too. Uh, yeah. And then there was control the legs when finishing a sweep. Now this is a good one too. I actually freaking lost a tournament match because of this. I, yeah, was, yeah. I, was, I was at a guy in my guard and he stood up. It was like forever my guard. And then he stood up and I swept him with like, with a, tro- you know, with a, a double, double ankle pick. But then he fought the way you tell it, the way you say to do it. He fought to not accept the sweep and kept trying to come forward and kept, kept me, he kept me from getting back up. So I couldn't get the points. And then he got my back eventually right at the end. He got four points and he won the match. It pissed me off because I was doing okay until then. So that's a perfect that now I've been really working on this. So the concept is whenever you sweep, control the legs, pull the legs up off the mat so that the other person can't stand up. Yeah. I would say that's like one of the number one mistakes, uh, like the lower belts make They just mm-hmm. don't realize they need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember like where even like learn that from. I don't, I don't think that's when I thought of myself. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like I heard someone else say that and I've been doing it ever since, but I can't remember, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like what a difference it makes. And I feel like that kind of stuff is like really teaching people how to grapple and it's like, rather than just jujitsu techniques. So I think that's really cool and not mm-hmm. really done much in, in jujitsu. It's like always like, Oh, this, this is the technique, but it's like, well, what about all these other things? So, right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a good one. I, do you ever find that it's easier to do that though with gi than it is no gi? Is your other uh, grips on the pants? Probably easier. Yeah. But yeah easier but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it hard, like hard in nogi either you mm-hmm. just have to take like you know like c type grips and mm-hmm. no control still for sure okay oh let's see break grips that's that stop you from doing what you want to do that's a good one too yeah. so so basically you were saying that you don't have to break every grip but you have to break the grips that stop you from doing what you want to do or exactly. or even or even the ones that are controlling you as you say if you're being if you're being gripped you're being controlled yeah because i think the problem it's like sometimes people have is like they know they got every grips, but then it's like overwhelming. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you can't literally break every grip off of you because right. they can just grab, like it's impossible. So it's right. like, you have to start thinking what grips actually matter to spend my time and energy and thought on. And, um, you know, 
a lot of times it, it isn't important to break the break the grip. A lot of times it is. It's just like situational. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like that's a good one for sure. And um, but it's just hard to recognize when to and when not to. But it's mm-hmm. just like something just comes comes over time. But time, yeah. yeah. And then it was take grips to control your opponent. Well, that makes yeah makes sense. Um, if you, it says if you don't if you don't control them, they will control you. Lack of grips allows for easy, easy attacks against you. So that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. And it seems so obvious, but it's Mm -hmm. like when you're actually rolling, it's uh, a lot of people don't realize how often they Mm -hmm. don't grip the person. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if, um, if they had a camera on them, like constantly, like, you know, like when I do these roles, Mm -hmm. the the cameras on people, obviously, Mm -hmm. and they would like be able to see all these things. So people should film their roles more. This is what Mm -hmm. they should do. They Mm -hmm. should film their roles and then kind of, uh, look at the 20 tips and see which ones they're doing and not doing. I think that would right. be really helpful for people. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try that. I think I'm going to talk to a couple of people that I roll with. It'll be okay with it. Cause you know, you, just, you always want to ask, but I think I'm going to get a small tripod and stick it on my, yeah. stick my phone on it and record them. And it just, it's like, it's funny. Like when you, I don't know, maybe you've experienced this too from when you first started, but I feel like it's like, you think your jujitsu looks a certain way until you see it on video, then it doesn't quite look the way you thought it would. Yeah. exactly that's yeah. actually something that like because i didn't really see myself roll like that much before mm-hmm. starting the channel so it's mm-hmm. actually like uh, a really interesting thing like seeing myself roll as much as i have now mm-hmm. and really it's made me better jiu-jitsu too just like really seeing like what i do and mm-hmm. you know what what gives me the most success mm-hmm. so it's yeah highly recommended for everyone it's just cool to see yourself too and it's like yeah to see it's just enjoyable like to yeah. you know see your hard work and all the stuff you can do yeah yeah i got my i got my my last blue belt match on video where i triangled my opponent and so that was cool but i actually have that nice. but i don't have any of the others though i didn't i never i was just always forgetting to ask somebody to film it or whatever and i don't know I yeah remember. i had the same problem like well i would say like maybe 25 percent of my tournament matches mm-hmm. were not even maybe like 10 percent were filmed mm-hmm. and now now i wish i filmed all of them because mm-hmm. um now i actually use some of them for uh, the videos themselves mm-hmm. to teach mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like my next one, it's how to beat bigger dudes. But luckily mm-hmm. I had, I had like two matches uh, filmed of like huge dudes. But mm-hmm. yeah, if I had all of them, I'd have all this like resources to pull from. And so it's like stuff like that. I feel like taking pictures and videos, not just of like your jujitsu, but just like mm-hmm. so many events in your life. It's like right. so important. It's like, cause it's just nice, like being nostalgic and seeing all mm-hmm. this stuff we did. So yeah. people should prioritize that more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the one I got, it's great. Cause it's a bird. eye. View. It's a bird's eye view somebody oh, took nice. it from, from up above, they filmed it for me. And so you can see the whole thing and it's all, you can see the whole mat and you can see all the movement and all the, all the position changes and the submission and everything from up top. So it's actually a really good, good. Uh, was it like a drone? Like, like, no, he was, there was like a second level over. It was like, uh, okay. um, like an auditorium where there was a top level and they were just right down over, over top of me and they were filming it. So oh, it cool. came, out, came out pretty good. Um, let's see clear your elbows and your knee uh what was it clear the elbow and knee line in almost all cases once you're clear of the joint line you're clear of the submission threat get your hips below their knees instead of above so this is a good one too because this makes it this just simplifies escaping a late leg attacks and arm bars and etc um i was going to ask you do you have a good tip for escaping a komora trying to get the elbow out on a komora man it's it's really hard and yeah the thing is with jiu-jitsu a lot of times it's like people don't like uh getting this answer which is the truth that like mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu is hard and mm-hmm. you just have to accept that a lot and mm-hmm. yeah because it's not easy for me to to escape a kimura mm-hmm. but it's the same thing you just got to clear your elbow it's like mm-hmm. and how you do that 
you got to get to a position where you can pry it out and mm. uh, or, or change the angle without mm. getting to a worse position. So mm. that's extremely hard to do. Mm. And I, I think the Kimura grip, like the, yeah, is like one of the strongest grips by far because mm. it is so hard to escape. Mm. So yeah, I wish I could give like specific advice, but it's, yeah, you got to get your elbow out. You got to drop the elbow like through the hole, mm. mm-hmm. and, but there's like, there's, there are some ways like to change the angle. Like if you're in half guard, um, yeah, you can change your angle and you take a Kimura that way, which mm. I'll show in my Kimura trap video. So there, oh, yeah, perfect, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's situational, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I'll be sure to check that out when it comes out. I'm actually looking forward to that. Yeah, thanks. And I'm actually looking forward to watching the, the next one you were mentioned about the big guys. The big guys. Yeah. Match me up. I, get perfect that one's almost done like man i've had so much like uh trouble getting this one finished Mm -hmm. it's like it's like my file side it's like a long story but like Mm -hmm. it's like i had to get a new hard drive all this stuff and Mm -hmm. it's been a big big pain in the butt and um but it'll be up tomorrow like 100 and and i think it's really good people are really gonna like it yeah i think i saw it did you post that on your on your instagram or something you posted it a couple days ago about that yeah yeah i saw that yeah yeah. that happens yeah but you, you it was interesting too you said it takes you about 10 hours to make a video 10 it's hours a lot sometimes, of work sometimes just to commentate the video is 10 hours so like yeah like man these videos sometimes are 20 hours 15 20 hours because wow. the editing takes so long so like what I, sh- I shouldn't do like realistically one a week um mm. unless they're like the rolling commentaries they're mm. a little easier mm. because they just take up so much freaking time mm. and uh yeah like the worst part is definitely doing the voiceovers so because they just take so long and i'm just in my room you know, by myself talking into the mic for like freaking eight hours <laughs> and just get so tired and don't want to uh, do it anymore. And so it's funny. Sometimes people are like, Oh, he sounds like, so like, uh, I don't know, monotone, monotone yeah. whatever. I'm like, I know, like, I know I'm like, you, you, you do it for eight hours and oh, sound yeah. enthusiastic, you know? It's right. Just, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Enough it. I mean, it's just, that's the way you sound. You cares. I mean, like, like I listen to myself and I'm always like, God, you got to talk slower. You're, you know, you're not enunciating your, you know, your, your words are, are blending together. You know, I, I'm really hard on myself about how I speak, but yeah, it is too. what it is. And I try and, and I always try it. It's always the introduction on the interviews where I always like fumble on my words or screw it up. And I think I need to start like, like practicing it like 20 times before I actually say it so that I I'm used to it. So I'm more comfortable with it, but I'm always trying to remind myself to talk slower. And, and I, and I know I don't do it most of the time and it drives me nuts, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what I try to do too, is just talk slow and yeah. um, people can understand. And like, sometimes people tell me I'm talking too fast and I see mm-hmm. I'm talking too slow mm-hmm. and it's like, I, you just like can't win with people. Yeah. But, it's like, what do you want uh, from me? You know, you're getting free, awesome material to shut up and learn it. You know, it's like, yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's see, keep your hands off. Oh, keep your hands off the mat. You need to control your opponent, not the mat. Keep your hands off the mat. Um, I would, I would assume that's except for posting, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's um, putting your hands on the mat is pretty dangerous a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, but, and in terms of like posting, like mm-hmm. you don't want to post unless you have to. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as soon as your elbows go away from your body, well, now there's like no, that's a good point. triangles. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like it, it's not like never put your hands on the mat because, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to try to make you put your hands on the mat. So mm-hmm. you want to avoid it as much as possible. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's one I feel like it also goes into like uh, the grips where you had to have grips on people. Because mm-hmm. if you're touching the mats with your hands, well, you're not controlling your opponents. So, right. Like, that's not very smart. So right. you got to have your hands on them. Right. Well, that's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, do not accept sweeps or takedowns. Okay. This is one I have really started doing as well too. And this is a good one. It's like, it's not over till it's over. Find a hard, find uh, fight hard to get back, back up and 
I can't speak today. Fight hard to get back up if you get knocked down. So basically, the, the essentially that until your back hits the map for three seconds, if you're competing, there's no sweep anyway. So as soon as you get you you hit the ground, you post whatever, get right back up and start fighting back. Exactly. What happens a lot of times is people they spend their energy in bad positions mm-hmm. rather than spending their energy to like not get put in bad positions. So it's like, and the same thing with actually learning jujitsu. It's like. So many people want to get better at side control escapes. And that's like, because when they're beginners, they're always side control. They should put all their effort into guard retention and mm-hmm. not even care about side control escapes because yeah, it's like, you don't want it, to, it's hard. It's hard when you get there. So the same thing with the like, sweeps and takedowns, like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll spend way less energy fighting off the takedown uh, and sweep than you are going to in a bad position, like as a result of those takedowns and right. sweeps. So yeah, you gotta like, you gotta know when to spend your energy and when not to. And and yeah, you can't be, you can't accept bad positions at all. That's golden, golden advice. I'm actually going to quote that one. That's why I was writing Mm -hmm. down the time. I'm going to use that as a separate quote for a post. That is awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Never let people grab your head. This is one that's really been in my, my head a lot now lately. It's like, I am all about the T-Rex arms and don't let people grab my head um, and stay on my side, you know? That's the one like I feel like resonated the most with everyone on mm. my channel. It's not that people grab your head. Mm. And it's funny because like I've never heard someone say that before. Mm. And I learned it from like, so there's a role I did uh, on YouTube with the brown belt beast, like Alex's name. And mm. uh, same one I did the side control space with. And man, I remember like, okay, like I, if I would let him grab my head and rolling, mm. things would be so much harder. Mm. And I started cluing in like, okay, if I just stop him from grabbing my head, I'm, it's, I'm gonna be able to actually do things so mm-hmm. like and not that it wasn't like beating me up or anything right. but it's like it made my life harder my role harder and then right. yeah i didn't let him grab my head after that and then it's like okay this is actually like way easier now so it's like yeah I'm like it's crazy it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a i don't know like an instant improvement when people start realizing you can't let people grab your head right i mean you've mentioned that in your in your instructional when you're talking about taking underhooks from from bottom half guard where you were still you were still, you were underneath, but you were still uh, blocking Nikki's uh, other arm at the at the elbow to keep her from from cross facing you. you know, that, that's exactly good stuff. Yeah, you'll see more of that yeah. in the in the in the video tomorrow. The big guys. It's okay. really uh, I have a really big section dedicated to that because with the big guy, you can't let anyone grab your head. But it's like big guys, mm-hmm. especially, then you're really screwed. So it's like you got to really prioritize against the big dudes. And if right. you don't let them grab your head, they can't put their weight on you. Right. So if they can't put their weight on you. Well, now they can't use their physical advantages against you. Right. Perfect. Perfect. I'm I'm gonna look out for that tomorrow. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. No, perfect. No doubt. Uh, let's see, prevent inside position. So inside position is most importantly, the space between your neck and shoulders and your armpit and your, uh, knee. So yeah, that's, that's a huge one. And if people just did this one, mm-hmm. they would never get submitted ever mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, like 90% of the time they wouldn't get submitted. Nothing bad happens to them if they just prevented that. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a boring way to roll though, because you can't only you can't always prevent it because if you want to escape and actually make things happen, you need to open up. So, mm. um, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, I think that's the most important tip. Like it, it could be a video like just in itself. Like it, mm. it's so important. So crucial. Everything. Like you think about like if someone has your back, they got a seatbelt grip. Well, you know, now they, they, they have inside position or someone mm. has uh, even side control. Mm. That's just a reverse seatbelt, seatbelt grip. They have inside mm. position. Mm. So it's like mm. every bad position you could be in is inside position. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Like that's a reverse seatbelt control. It is actually, it's the same freaking thing. Yeah. yeah. Having, having underhooks and, 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 and head controls, the same position, but just reversed. 
Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I realized that just like the other day I was thinking about it. So it's funny. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that'll resonate with people too. And when they, when they kind of hear that one, Oh yeah, it's like, right. it's, it's just the same thing as reversed. Right. And, and it's like, it, and even the whole thing about knees, like the knees to elbow position, you know, trying to, to prevent it. You know, I, I heard John Danaher say that and that stuck in my head and I really try to emphasize that in escaping. But I also figured out that actually it's pretty much everywhere. It's like, even if you have somebody in side control and you have proper head control and you're, you have inside position and your wedges are proper, your elbows yeah. and your knees are still trying to come together around their hips, same thing around their head. It's the same thing everywhere. It's really everywhere. If you look for it. Literally jujitsu is like, that goes into like the jujitsu is a grip fight because mm-hmm. those are all, those are all grips too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those are all good grips and like circling your hands inside breaks people's mm-hmm. grips. It's like, yeah, that's by far the most important tip. Uh, I think people should really think about that more is inside yeah. position. I, and that's what I kind of learned the concept from was mm-hmm. uh, Danahar. Mm-hmm. Danahar. So they, yeah, I can credit that to him. And mm-hmm. I think he's really, um, uh, yeah, he's really brought that concept to like judis- the judicial mm-hmm. community. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of other people are kind of realizing that too, how important mm-hmm. that is. So yeah, I'm yeah. really happy about that. Yeah. It's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. But see, but that's a great example of, of conceptual training. It's like, it's just the concept of put your knees and your elbows together. I mean, yeah, your knees and elbows together. And it's like, it's not about a specific technique. It's just an over-encompassing concept that should be in, in everything you do. Uh, or a exactly. lot of things, you, a lot of things you do, you know, um, we said prevent uh, uh, T-Rex arms, my, one of my favorites. So T-Rex arms is keeping the elbows close to the body at all times and never reaching out. Um, so you said your elbows should, should never leave your body. T-Rex arms prevent limb isolation, under hooks and head control. And I liked how you said, you know, T-Rex, T-Rex just can't extend their arms and neither should you. So yeah, that's a good yeah. one. So that's a yeah. good, yeah, that's a good position. You know, I even like to use it, you know, like you, even when you were showing, um, and I've done this now, uh, when people are like trying to pass your guard and they're like, you know, uh, what, what's the, can't remember the concept of it when they backstep, not backstep completely, but they're going past your knee shield and they turn their back to you to get past the, past the half guard to the knee shield. That's oh, yeah. a good position too, where to use that or, or, or areas like that. Yeah. Um, I think well, it's I heard- funny. Well, sorry, a lot, a lot of like a lot of these tips are actually the exact same tip, but mm-hmm. just like kind of rephrased. So like T-Rex arms mm-hmm. is the same thing as preventing inside position. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as don't let people get grips on you. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's for three of the exact same tips, but just yeah. to kind of like, or more, maybe they're a little specific from each other and mm-hmm. resonate with people differently. But yeah, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you have T-Rex arms, they can't get inside position because you're mm-hmm. blocking your head from being grabbed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that one really resonates with people too. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm actually making. I got a t-shirt coming out. It's like, it says mm-hmm. like, uh, remember your T-Rex arms. So yeah, that's really cool. People like that one. I was going to say, you should make a t-shirt of that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 T-Rex and actually talk to me later. If you, if you don't already have an artist, let me know. Cause I will. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to you about that. Um, uh, and the, even like, even like escaping mount, if you think about it, I'm sitting here, we're talking about it and I'm, and I'm visualizing it, even doing like uh, an elbow escape and mount, it's the same thing. It's still using T-Rex arms. It's still putting knees and elbows together. It's all the same stuff. Exactly. That's what, the th- that's what I think should make people realize how mm-hmm. simple jiu-jitsu actually is yeah. and how overcomplicated people make it because yep. You can like, you can literally take these, like, you can take like 10 tips from my video. And uh, if you stick to them religiously, mm-hmm. you'll be very good at jujitsu, you know, yeah. but you just need to like add techniques for the like, offense after, mm-hmm. but like in mm-hmm. terms of your rolling ability, it'll increase like substantially. Cause it's just, mm-hmm. jujitsu is so much easier than people make it out to be. And it's really mm-hmm. frustrating to me as like someone who like, 
I, 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 I like the way I teach these things is the way I think about them. And mm-hmm. um, maybe because that's just, yeah, just the way I think I need to like simplify it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wish like, I wish other instructors kind of made it more accessible for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad I can give such a easy to understand product to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, what you're doing, like I said, the way the way you taught yourself jujitsu. I mean, you got your what you got your, you got your black belt in seven years, correct? Yeah, yeah, which is pretty fast. fast. It's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's and it's like I got criticism for that too, mm-hmm. like as if I got it too fast. But it's like mm-hmm. anyone saying that, I was always thinking, well, come roll with me and exactly beat me. You know? Yeah, yeah. So people are so silly that way. They get mm-hmm. like you know jealous and yeah. It's funny. I faced a lot of criticism like mm-hmm. over my years of uh, in jujitsu, but like. Mm-hmm. Now that I like, um, you know, my BJJ fanatics and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it's mm-hmm. like all those people, you know, they can like eat their words, you know, because right. they're just being jealous and dumb. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really happy. Like I'm, I'm a little spiteful that way where it's like, I'm really just really happy to have succeeded mm-hmm. because those kind of people kind of brought me down a lot, like mm-hmm. criticizing me for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm really happy to um, show them like I was right. And, you know, they shouldn't have been like rude to someone else for no right. reason. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I think people, people have a tendency to be, uh, way more critical than they should and just jealous and you know exactly i think that you know rude. just just in general like the world mm-hmm. should be a nicer place people should be nicer to each other yeah and um yeah that's just a great example it's like you know i was good at jiu-jitsu i deserve my black belt exactly like, obje- objectively i did mm-hmm. and um so it was just crazy that oh it's too soon you know you gotta be 10 years before you can get it it's like well not if you work hard enough you right know? and i work right. very hard Exactly. I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I'm trying not to use like seven letter words in my, in my response and trying to keep it clean, but I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that it's like, if you, if you have a certain level of ability, then fine. What's wrong with having that, that rank that goes along with that ability. I mean, I don't see a problem with that. It's, it's stupid. I mean, even like, if you look at like a coyote, I got his in four years. So yeah. it's like, and nobody's criticizing him. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know? It's just like some people, like me, like I wanted to be good at jiu-jitsu so bad. So mm-hmm. like I, I just spent all my effort and mm-hmm. time getting better at jiu-jitsu. And mm-hmm. I just, I put in like above average uh, mm-hmm. commitment to it. So it's mm-hmm. like, obviously I'm going to get it in above average time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just crazy to me that people wouldn't kind of realize that, but yeah, yeah it exactly. doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, like I said, yeah. I just wish people were just nicer in general. I think it'd be, yeah. it'd be a better place if people weren't like that. I, I agree. I agree. And that's the same for the people who criticize you for like, oh, you're rolling with lower belts. You hire, you roll with higher belts all the time. You even do it on your channel. It's ridiculous. Like, exactly. like, like, like the brown belt beast. That guy, he's something else. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. Um, and uh, remind me, don't let me forget. I want to talk to you about strength and conditioning too before the end of the, of the discussion. I just yeah, for sure. put it on there um let's see two extra arms under hooks under hooks are almost always a good idea under hooks are king especially in nogi they lead to back takes sweeps takedowns passes and more and i totally agree with that um, yeah do you like to do your under hooks uh with your elbow up on the mat or do you have a different way of doing it um generally not so mm-hmm. uh first off i think people should realize an underhook should be like on the on like the the lat of the person mm, right. and not the shoulder and mm. like that and um what you want to do with an underhook is you want to pull the person you want to like people got to think what do you like what does the underhook do first off it's inside position mm. and second you want to pull the person forward to get their knees off their or, or their their butt off their heels and then you can start the, for most for most attacks mm. so it has a specific use and um yeah 
it, it'll make more sense. Like I got a lot of, uh, yeah, it's in my video tomorrow too. Mm-hmm. I really uh, stress underhooks. Like mm-hmm. they're so important. And when I say like, you know, almost always a good idea, it's mostly just because the darts is like a really good counter to the underhook. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be wary of the darts, but basically right. if you control the far arm, you don't gotta worry about the darts because you're, right. now you're fighting out the grips and they can't take the grips though. They can't darts you. They can't get your erect arms going. And, and, and your, your comments you made about, um, oh, here comes my dog. If the comments you made about, uh, getting their glutes off their heels. Well, if you bring their glutes up off their heels, they're actually lighter and they're easier to sweep. Exactly. That is like, yeah, that's like crucial. And yeah, just like so much, everything's easier when, um, mm-hmm. when they're not like sitting like that. And Cesar, yeah. Let's see. Follow the path of least resistance. The less you strain, the more technical you will become. You want to use the minimum effective dose of strength. Yes, yes, exactly. So yeah. like, yeah, that's hard for people to recognize sometimes, like when they're rolling. But if they were to think about it a little more, they might have a lot more success because I see a lot of times people are just like trying to fight through things that like, well, maybe if they just like did something else, they'd have more success. So it's like, yeah, you can't just like fight through and just grind through things. Like mm-hmm. there's always a way to, there's always a path. There's mm-hmm. always something and like anyone can be beaten too. So it's mm-hmm. like, you just got to find that path of mm-hmm. least resistance it's not always easy to recognize that's why you know being a black belt and training as long as i have mm. like that's why like people say i'm like pretty smooth because i can just find that path of least resistance but mm. you know like i have that advantage of having trained so long but it's like right. if people start thinking about it a little more i i just feel like they would yeah they'd be if it's in their mind a little more they'll have a lot more success with it for sure mm-hmm. what what how do i how do i word this or how do i quite uh phrase this so the path of least let's say I don't know, let's say you have an underhook and you're in bottom half guard and you're feeling you're, you're trying to get to the back, but you can't quite quite do it. Is that when you would go to a underneath to a sweep? So basically exactly. if they're pushing, they're pushing into you. So then you just let it go and sweep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. maybe it, it just, maybe not that maybe, but maybe not. It just depends mm-hmm. like what, where, what they're doing and uh, where their body mm-hmm. weight is. Mm-hmm. It just, and it's finding what technique at the right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's really what it is. And because, yeah, if you just fight, if you just try to fight hard with that underhook and try mm. to get up and take the mm. back, and it's not mm. there, it's like, well, I waste all this energy, and like, mm. that's, it's not technical to do, to do that. I think. Yeah, and that's was, more like, sorry, that's like more like wrestling. I don't, I don't think, right. I, I shouldn't say that because people like get mad, but like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think wrestling is a little more basic than uh-huh. uh, jiu-jitsu. Wrestling is amazing and a really mm. tough sport. I love mm-hmm. wrestling, but just in the sense of like, um, you can grind through things more in wrestling. Than you can in jiu-jitsu and have success mm. and nothing nothing wrong with that at all mm. but um it's just important to realize that uh, but that's where chain wrestling comes um into the picture too or if you chain mm. wrestle that's that's a great example of path least resistance but mm. not everyone's a chain wrestle wrestler they, they can they grind through like the double and stuff mm. like that mm. and again nothing wrong with that mm. but um i think people should do that less in jiu-jitsu and uh really try to find the path least resistance Right. And you were saying that was actually, it was actually the point of the video, if I remember correctly, where you, you quit a Bruce Lee, be like water. And, exactly. and the example was going from like an omoplata and your opponent rolled forward. So you let him roll forward and you arm barred him. Exactly. Cause yeah. like, well, what if I try to stop him from rolling? Mm-hmm. Like maybe I, yeah, I probably, I, caught, I could have, I would have to work like decently hard, but like mm-hmm. it's gonna be less work to just let him roll because I got a mm-hmm. plan. So right. yeah, it was a great example. And that, that mm-hmm. role with Jeff Chan, it mm-hmm. provided a lot of examples like that. So yeah, I was like, it was really fun doing that one. Yeah. It was a good video too. That is a very good one for, for people who are listening. Go check out that video. Um, 
uh, actually check them all out, but, but there are some really good ones on there that, that are, yeah, that nice. are like, that I think are like really great examples or like the highlight ones that you've done. That's yeah. one of them. Um, and rolling with the, with the Brown belt beast. That was a good one to the commentary. Um, fight the hands when being choked now. Yes. I, and I do this and, and I absolutely, you know, I think that, that, that you have to, and I'm actually amazed by how many people who don't do that. Yeah. It's that, crazy. Yeah. Actually, it's a great example. Like if you watch like UFC and you see someone not fighting the hands in most cases, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say it's not nice, but like they're quitting, like they're, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're just done with it. So mm-hmm. like a great example is actually, if you watch um, Anthony Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, he's had a lot of fights where he's gone a rear naked choked and he hasn't fought off the hands at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not in his head, so I can't say that he's quitting, but mm-hmm. like, well, what else is he doing? It's like, he's not, he's not defending himself mm-hmm. so it's like and a lot of people do that unintentionally at the lower belts they don't really understand they have to do that but yeah it's like if you're not like intentionally quitting you got to um you know you have to defend yourself you gotta you fight mm-hmm. the hands yeah i mean when somebody tries to rear naked choke me the first thing i do is i cover and grab their thumb at the end of the liver and start trying to pull it off that's the first thing i go for is that thumb. Exactly. And it actually it actually works really well that actually does the idea of grabbing, you know, near the thumb at the end of the lever to get it off works really well. But I always do that. Or if it's in Guillaume, you know, it's the double, the elbow and the and the yeah. and the sleeve and pulling it over the head. Um, and being aware that there's an arm bar there, but it's better than getting choked to get out of an arm bar. Exactly. And sometimes people they try to prioritize touching touching the hooks mm-hmm. instead of their neck, but rule mm-hmm. number one, protect your neck. Yeah. And like you can you can definitely reach down to the hooks if mm-hmm. you're protecting your neck. Mm-hmm. That's but if you're not, you cannot reach down to the hooks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you have to protect your neck, you have to fight the hands. Well, yeah, but a great example was actually Gordon Ryan's video he put out, there's a free Instagram one that he put out with Bernardo about uh, escaping a tri- a body triangle. Yeah, yeah, but he even said the first thing you have to do is you have to control the choking arm, and then you can go underneath the knee and reposition and do all the other stuff to get out. But you have to control the choking arm. It's a perfect example. Yeah. Same thing you're saying. Yeah. Um, keep your uh, keep your hips higher to win scrambles. Now, this is one I really want to start working on. This is one I suck at. When you get in the dog fight, and I was actually doing this last week, and I remembered this tip after the match, like later in the day, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Why didn't I just get my hips higher and grab the, you know, and grab the inside thigh and then walk around the back and put them down. Um, so that's a good one. Keep your hips higher to win scrambles. So higher hips will ensure you stay on top and your opponent stays on bottom. Yeah, that's like a really um, fundamental like wrestling concept mm-hmm. or like or at least as far as I'm aware, like because mm-hmm. I haven't been. I haven't really been involved in like wrestling culture too much, but mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a pretty big staple of like wrestling. Like they know that mm-hmm. keep your hips higher. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, it's something I kind of taken away from wrestling. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like so crucial and mm-hmm. so simple and uh, yeah, people don't realize it, but then, yeah, it's like really important. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Keep your butt down or all the way up. The in-between is often where you're most susceptible to sweeps. Exactly. Cause that's okay. when like your, uh, your butt is off your heels mm-hmm. and then now you're susceptible to getting swept either mm-hmm. side. Most sweeps, most sweeps involve that process of getting someone off their butt off their heels mm-hmm. and then off balancing them. So it's right. like, if you understand that, cause man, a lot of people keep their butt up, uh, like beginners and they don't realize mm-hmm. that they're going to, because I will be sweeping like a white belt or blue belt, like nonstop. And they're mm-hmm. just wondering, why is this happening? It's like, mm-hmm. well, because your butt is up. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like that right. simple, you know? Well, what do you mean by all the way? Does that mean like up on the feet? So more like hips engaged. So like, mm-hmm. um, this is something too, people don't realize a, a lot. If you like stand completely straight upright, 
mm-hmm. it's actually very hard for the person to to sweep you mm-hmm. but it's also like because you like really like all your weight is on your feet at that point mm-hmm. and and not spread out to your body mm-hmm. so um yeah that'd be like a, a good example all the way up like say you're like doing mm-hmm. like a leg drag you like you, you you throw your hips uh forward mm-hmm. and it's gonna make it very hard they can't get under you that way and mm-hmm. so that's a good so I, I like my tip i wanted to be keep your butt down but it's like well i can't really say that because there are times where all the way up is good but mm-hmm. i would say that's more like uh niche like more scenario like less common so mm-hmm. yeah the, the more the takeaway really is keep your butt down mm-hmm. m- most times cool and a way of keeping up i guess a good example would be like uh, if they try to uh double ankle pick you let's say you're sitting up in their closed guard and they try to double ankle pick sweep you if yes. you push your knees together and push forward so their knees are their feet go up over their head then that's a good position to be in as far as that's, ex- that's a great example that's exactly right okay hold on mike i got my uh, family coming in here interrupting me oh that's okay making, making some making some noise that's all right. uh uh Let's see. Use wedges. When something is stuck, you try to pry it out. Use wedges to help free whatever is stuck. Yeah, so this one seemed like really obvious to me, but mm. I wasn't sure if it would be obvious to other people. Um, yeah, because like it's sometimes it's just so easy to pass when and the person doesn't realize it is. So just use a wedge and get your leg out. It's like that mm. simple a lot of times, but they're just mm. like wondering why they can't get their leg out. Right. So yeah, just like a pretty that's a pretty that's a good tip. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, the last one is break the opponent's posture while, while in your guard. You can attach, attach. I can't speak today. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can attach from their broken posture or let them posture up and attack. Oh, that's why I guess I had a typo. You can attack from their broken posture or let them posture up and attack as they do. Yeah. Like that's basically the main way to control someone in your guard is by breaking their posture. Like mm-hmm. if they can't like lift their body up then you know, mm-hmm. they can't actually like, move, right. they can't be mobile. You know, mm-hmm. but then it's like, well, they can if they're like pressure passing. So it's like, um, yeah, it's like that one's more a little. That's a little more situational, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good for people to understand that, though. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. So yeah, so that's a for the listeners. That's a uh, those were the twenty tips in that one video. That was the first video I found of Jordan, and it's excellent. If you want to have you know visual examples. Uh, and just listen to Jordan talk about it, go and watch the video and check it out. And then I guarantee you, you're going to get hooked and you're going to start going down a rabbit hole. So yeah. um, that's what I've done. And it's great, great material. So strength and conditioning. So you, uh, you said earlier, you did different types of strength and conditioning for MMA and, and where, when you were competing more, more frequently in MMA and jujitsu as compared to what you do now. So the majority of this podcast is geared toward the average practitioner. So as an average, what would you advise for an average practitioner? Um, for an average practitioner, I would say like, uh, when it comes to lifting, mm-hmm. like do, the, do the bare minimum. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, only lift for like 20 minutes and don't mm-hmm. go to failure or mm-hmm. else you're, you're going to be way too tired for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can't, you can't lift like a bodybuilder or like a power lifter and mm-hmm. do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if you can do like, if you can squat like 300 pounds, uh, five times, well, instead squat like 275, four times. And mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so like, and then slowly build up really slowly that mm-hmm. I just, that, that because volume is like the, is the most important thing without taxing your body in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think kettlebells are actually probably the best thing to do for a, a okay. jitsu athlete for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like more traditional powerlifting stuff, but they'll mm-hmm. get 
the, yeah, the more powerlifting, that's more important, for, I would say, for like uh, if you're really competing and mm. you really want to get really strong. Mm. But um, yeah, like kettlebells are the way to go. You just find like, uh, you know, like a like a program from there's like simple and sinister all these good yeah. programs out there yeah they're really good just yeah just like don't overdo it don't be working out for an hour in the gym or you're gonna have no energy for jujitsu mm-hmm. so what did you do when you were competing what type of strength conditioning would you do um it's like basically yeah just like i, I would like do some power lifting and um mm-hmm. Just like for, I didn't really do too much like lifting. So mm-hmm. get ready, just because I'm naturally pretty a strong, per, a pretty mm-hmm. strong person. Mm-hmm. But like my, so it's like my cardio is where I need to like work, put in the most amount of hours. Mm-hmm. So I would just like uh, go in like slow, steady runs for like building up aerobic capacity, mm-hmm. and then I'd also do like um, like some interval type stuff for like mm-hmm. the anaerobic. So, but for the average person, like mm-hmm. the best thing would be. It just depends. It just depends. Like, mm-hmm. I okay. The average person is probably better off lifting or like um, kettlebells than they are working on their their cardio. For mm-hmm. The average person. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've got I've got a background in some bodybuilding and powerlifting and all that, and I still do some of that stuff now. I mean, I, I probably my my workout is still I work out like two or three days a week uh, max. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do jujitsu for five like five days a week, and I'll do like two or three weight workouts. And, um, I try to keep them down to an hour. Um, and, but I feel like, you know, with my experience in lifting that it's like, it really doesn't negatively affect me. I mean, I know how to like, I'm straight getting better at gauging, like how much is enough. Like, like I'm always trying to find like the minimum effective dose of what I'm doing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that, that's the way I look at it. And, and I'm also following, um, I'm actually a member on Josh Shetland's, Josh Shetland's uh, BGJ Strength Coach uh, website, The Strength Matrix. So I'm going through one of his programs right now. Um, uh, so far, so good. So so far, I like it. Um, and it's like, and he also says the same thing where you can tailor it to your own specific rep- recuperation abilities or needs. Uh, I mean, you don't have to do like the four days a week. If you only do two, just do the two. And then next week, do the other two and just lengthen it, make the cycle go longer. Um, yeah, so, I, I think sometimes people don't realize how strong they can get by like doing mm-hmm. barely anything. So yeah. it's like, you know, if you just lift something, you're like mm-hmm. oh, somewhat consistently, mm-hmm. you're going to get pretty strong and strong yeah. enough to, you know, have a benefit in jujitsu. So right. yeah, it definitely depends on your own specific goals. And like someone like you that like, you know, has like lifting experience, mm-hmm. like you know, you know, your body a lot better mm-hmm. and can like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're pushing it too much, right. but yeah, I feel like the average person like get, is getting into lifting, they should like take it slow and um yeah just like not overdo it because that's when injuries start happening too and you know yeah i hate i hate seeing people get injured and then they think that's just as dangerous Mm -hmm. in my opinion just my opinion i don't think just is that dangerous compared to other sports because Mm -hmm. like the physio places in where i'm at are filled with hockey players and Mm -hmm. you know soccer players so Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. if if you use your body you know you run the risk of uh injuring it and if you don't use your body you run the risk of chronic disease so like you know i'd rather like use it you know, and, and run the risk. So mm-hmm. yeah. And just, it can be pretty safe as long as you just like are smart about it. And most people hurt themselves because they, it's their own fault for like doing dumb things. They shouldn't like not tapping. Yeah, exactly. Not tapping mm-hmm. or try to like twist out of a leg lock mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. or fight something when they shouldn't. And mm-hmm. oh no, and now my, everything's all messed up. So, yep. you know, that's why I like being a black belt. I don't feel like, um, I don't feel any like risk of getting injured ever because mm-hmm. I can just, know how to position myself to be fine but it's definitely mm-hmm. harder when you're a lower belt and you don't really understand it as much so the best advice there would be like tap early tap often mm-hmm. and like if you feel you're in danger at all 
you can just tap and just mm. even if you're it's on a submission just like you mm. know just, just be safe and can't breathe or whatever they have to you know if you feel like you're being smothered or whatever yeah it doesn't matter yeah yeah or like so, so, someone's got your leg like in a twisted position mm -hmm. they're not like they're not like submitting you but mm -hmm. like yeah it's just a weird spot or like mm -hmm. you're like or your hands like kind of caught in their gear or something mm -hmm. just, just tap you mm -hmm. know? i actually actually i there's there's a new thing i need to learn how to do which is called escaping a lockdown and oh, yeah and like my knees if i get caught in a lockdown my knees i've had a couple of knee injuries from jujitsu and so now it's like if i get caught in a lockdown it's not hard to pop a knee a little bit like a like a minor pop if i don't you know watch it so like yesterday even yesterday i got, I got a lockdown i felt it a little bit and i just stopped i'm like that's it i'm like stop you know you got me tapped whatever you know it's exactly. uh, you know but then but then last night i went on youtube and i started typing in how to escape a lockdown and I started going down that rabbit hole. Like now I need to figure out. Cause I was like, okay, there's a hole, there's a hole in my game. And I obviously need to figure out how to prevent this for my own safety more than anything else. I mean, I'm just like figuring like, how can I, you know, protect my knees and, and get out of this position? Cause I hate that position. That's Man, the worst thing. So do I, 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 though, I, I don't hate many positions, but mm -hmm. the lockdown mm -hmm. I really hate because yeah. I've seen someone have their ACL completely torn yeah. from the lockdown. Down. Yeah. and they weren't even like doing anything crazy they, they were just they got their knee their leg extended and then just mm -hmm. ripped and mm -hmm. now they, they need surgery i'm like mm -hmm. i never want to see lockdown in my life so like yeah, yeah i hate the lockdown yeah. and uh but my but i don't think it's that hard to actually escape mm -hmm. um my i got a half guard passing video that mm -hmm. um i'm pretty sure i show it in there so check mm -hmm. that out okay like, that might help you a lot yeah all right guard passing. i think i did watch that video i'm gonna go back yeah, i do remember you saying it like you pulled the the, the uh the heel up that was the basic thing i was getting last night it's like it's the idea of don't go forward, go back, go back toward their feet and then pull your heel up towards your ass and then get it to the side and then bring your foot up underneath their glutes. And then you should be, and you can go to a three quarter mount. You should be okay from there. Uh, passing exactly. after. Yeah. So that, that was the, the idea I got where I, now I feel like, okay, I've got a concept. I've got something to start off with. Um, but yeah, I hate the freaking lockdown. I hate that goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think it's much more, I think it's da more dangerous than reaping. Like reaping is mm -hmm. illegal, mm -hmm. but I actually don't think reaping is that dangerous as long as the other person doesn't like twist out mm -hmm. or like the, or the person that reaping doesn't like do like a really fast reap. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why you see reaping all the time and like leg locks, but they don't get hurt because both competitors know what they're doing. But mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think reaping is way, way more dangerous. I know it's way less leg dangerous lock. Yeah. than, yeah, than uh, the lockdown. I hate the lockdown. Yeah. yeah the lockdown, they get you and they like, if they like, just suddenly jerk you backward it that's it you know i've, I've popped exactly. my knee twice now in the same gym now two different people who put a lockdown on me like that and it's like like if you're gonna put lockdowns on people too probably you should be like a little more careful with that kind of stuff like don't i agree like, don't be jerking people down and you know injuring their knees if they're your training partners yeah it's so, not worth the risk because yeah, man, if you if your knees go you're screwed like the yeah. knees are most important right they're what i want to injure the least like that's how yeah. i take care of the most of my knees so right. yeah, if someone puts me in lockdown i get I don't get like mad, but it's like yeah. in my head. I'm like, I'm getting out of this thing like right away. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get mad about it. I just more of like oh, fucking lockdown. And then, you know, it's like, but now, now that I have an idea of how to get out of it, it's not as scary to me, but still it's just like, but whenever I get put in that position, it's like crap. It's like, I mean, I'm yeah. just hoping the other guy's not going to like jerk their legs forward really hard and, you know, and then pop my knee. And yeah, so that's, that's a great example of a time to tap. Yeah. It just, just yeah. because you know, just to be safe, you know, anyone listening, if you get the call in the mm -hmm. lockdown mm -hmm. and you don't want to try to get out, you don't, you don't have to try it out. You can just tap just for safety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing It's like, if you're in the gym and you're just willing, just, yeah, that, that's even a good advice too, is just tap and just reset and, so you, and just get out of it. Exactly. Um, 
but you know, but it is good to like but at the same time it is good to know like like the mistake I was making was going forward. So yeah. I'd still sort of go forward a little bit. And I was like, that was my mistake. I should have went backward. So at least that I know that now that if I get one, I can at least I just go backward and try to get out of it that way or prevent myself from getting in my knee popped or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can be reached at, uh, you're on YouTube, obviously at Jordan teaches jujitsu. It's your YouTube channel. And yeah. I highly recommend it again. Everybody go check this, this, this channel out. You're on Instagram at Jordan, Jordan teaches jujitsu. And, uh, you have a Patreon as well, uh, which is patreon.com backslash Jordan teaches jujitsu. Uh, so I want to thank you again for coming on. I had a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. and, um, if you're ever willing to, or interested in coming back on i'd love to have you back on as a guest we could talk about some other stuff if you like yeah definitely i'd love to i had a great time today thanks yeah. for having me it was awesome and uh oh i didn't ask you who's your favorite superhero um probably spider-man probably awesome. just because awesome. he moves yeah i like the way he moves okay cool no I, I actually like i said i like to draw um i like to draw but i like comic stuff and what i'll do sometimes for guests is i'll draw them a sketch of something that they like wow. their favorite character that's really so, good it takes a while though i mean don't expect it like 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 next month it might take me like up to six months sometimes to get them done i've really backlogged right now and i've got my job oh. and everything else i gotta do too oh, that's okay so yeah, i just appreciate you doing it that's yeah awesome. yeah so i'll do one for you and uh it's like my way of saying thank you um yeah thank you but but other than that i hope you have a great afternoon and uh thanks again and i let's let's set this up for a second conversation let's do this again it was great yeah let's do it for sure yeah thank you okay Great. All right.